I can hear me talking to it. <laughs> it's recording now. It's not like broadcasted to the internet. It's just on my It's computer. just recording? Yeah. But you know when you talk, you don't sound like you do. Yeah, you do. But everybody else hears you, but when you hear yourself, it's not doesn't sound like you. That's because your ears hear differently than what other people hear. What well, you hear playback, when you hear yourself talking playback, that's what you actually sound like. Okay. Then let me hear what it sounds like. Why are you talking so weird? I'm not. I'm talking normal. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm you're talking. not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, everybody. It's been a month since I released the last episode. I'm sorry. Life got in the way. We were doing fall shit, pumpkin patches, scary movies, trick-or-treating, weddings, you know, that kind of thing. But we're back with a new case. Oh, yeah. Before that, that was my grandma. <laughs> I named that track Grandma's First Time. And when I went to open it, I was like, what the fuck is this? probably shouldn't have named it that. A little gross, but she really thought like this was some kind of radio station and everybody in the world was hearing her. And she just like stood there and looked at me and was, her mouth was moving weird and she, she just started talking funny. I don't know, just a little funny thing happened. It's not really that funny, but it was to me. Whatever. This case that I'm about to do is super recent as of like it was just finished what two months ago I believe is when the trial was September yeah and I branched out of central Illinois for this one because I've actually heard similar stories to this before like the prom mom her name was Melissa Drexler but anyway this is a story about a self-centered teen is what I believe basically it comes down to not being able to own up to your own choices or mistakes, what have you, if you want to call it. I wouldn't say that was a mistake. This case got a lot of social media attention, and some people actually believe that the outcome of all this is not really a big deal, and that her story, you should believe what her story is, and it, the outcome, it's just, it's fair. And me, on the other hand, I just like to say she's piece of shit number six so let's just get into it brooke skyler richardson who goes by skyler is a 17 year old cheerleader from carlisle ohio it's a small town of about 5,000 people which that doesn't classify as a small town to me because the small town i grew up in had like what 900 people is that what our jenna is maybe it's a thousand now i'm not sure not that much so 5,000 seems a little bit popping to me but it's only like four and a half hours away from Decatur. Her brother was a football player and their family lived in a good neighborhood. Well, what I consider as good, like a big house that all looked the same. When you wouldn't be embarrassed for your friends to come see, not like my childhood. I grew up in a trailer park. I was like, how about we go to your house? Yeah, not mine. No. <laughs> anyway. Her parents say she struggled with an eating disorder pretty early on, the kind where you throw up, so bulimia, right? Her mom said at age 12, she didn't even want gum because it had too many calories in it. It's like five calories. Like, you'll work it off chewing it and not that big of a deal, but 
Right. Skylar puts it all on her cheerleading career, saying that since she was a flyer, she needed and wanted to stay small since they're throwing her in the air. Which brings me back to the point of if you live in such a small town and you're a cheerleader, I don't know how much flying you're actually doing. Because I remember the cheerleaders at my school, and they were I guess, a little bit of stunts, but... Not like the shit you see on TV where they're like throwing you and you're flipping in the air. So that doesn't really seem like a great excuse to me, but alright. She'd even been seen by multiple doctors, therapists, and nutritionists. It didn't help her out and she was just dead set on looking a certain way and keeping up her version of the perfect image and body. Even as she was being diagnosed with body dysmorphia. Like she, nothing was helping. She was, she's, she's gonna be small. She's gonna throw up. That's all it is to it. July 2016, Skylar gets a new boyfriend who, we don't know his name. The boy is a friend's cousin. Their relationship is short-lived because by January 2017, she has a new man named Brandon. So February comes and she picks out her prom dress with her mother, Kim. It's red and sparkly and tight and is a lace-up kind, very attention-grabbing. I would have wanted to wear this dress. My parents would have never let me wear it as a 17-year-old. Like, there's just... I was jealous when I saw this dress. And she looked pretty good in it. There's pictures on the internet and just all over the place of her throughout, like, the story of it being told. There's a whole bunch of different pictures. So, the next month, March, the family goes on vacation together, beaching it. So she's in a bikini, living it up, and her parents notice that she has started to gain a little bit of weight. Not a whole lot, maybe like five pounds, but five pounds on a person with a small frame goes a long way. They say she's starting to actually look healthy, so not like overweight gaining, but just starting to fill out and look healthy, not frail, like somebody who has an eating disorder. So they think that the slight weight gain is from being in a fun, happy relationship with Brandon. Late April, so the vacation was in March, so then April, Skylar turned 18 and her mom wants her to start taking birth control since her relationship with her boyfriend is heating up. When they start dating, January, and by April, her mom's like, birth control, you're in a serious relationship. I guess, I mean, if you're 17, I guess that's kind of serious, couple months, but... Whatever. So she goes to her mother's gynecologist's office and her mom goes with her with the intention of being prescribed birth control. Except the doctor told her she was eight months pregnant. So if you're pregnant, obviously you can't be prescribed birth control. And her mom didn't go in the office with her because she was already 18, so she stayed out in the waiting room. So Skylar comes out crying when she meets her mom. She didn't tell her she was knocked up because terrifying, right? And her mom figured that she was, the tears were because she was just scared because she just went to her first gynecologist appointment. Because let's be honest, as a young woman, the vagina doctor, that's a bit scary. Traumatizing. I mean, at least for me, I was, I was pretty scared. And no matter how much it sucks though, girls, just, just suck it up and go. It's super important. So the next month, May 5th, she's nine months pregnant right now and she goes to prom her friends her family her teachers her boyfriend none of them know and can even tell that she's pregnant but she just parties it up and has a great time two days later after prom may 7th 2017 skylar's perfect teenage dream life changes forever 
She gave birth to a baby girl in her bathroom at home. So, wanna hear the crime? Of course you do. July 14th, two months after Skylar gave birth, the police came to her parents' house looking for her. They told her dad that they had wanted to ask her some questions about something that she may have witnessed. She wasn't in any kind of trouble, so her dad drove her to the station. When she got there, the cops explained to her that they received a phone call from an OBGYN office saying that Skylar Richardson had given birth to a baby and had buried her. She had went back to the doctor after the baby was born to finally go get that birth control that she was going to get so she can start fucking again. And then the doctor asked her how her new baby was. That's when Skylar told them that her baby wasn't born alive and that she had to bury her. So the police told her that they know on April 26th was when she found out she was pregnant and that she had went back to that same office again. Skylar confirmed all that and said that the baby wasn't alive and that she didn't kill her. She says she just came out and she was trying to hold her to see if she was breathing. But the baby had no heartbeat, so she had to bury her and she couldn't tell anyone. So she went and dug a grave in her backyard. You guys, this girl had an entire pregnancy that she had hid from everyone in her life. Nobody knew. She wasn't going to the doctors. She wasn't eating right, any type of prenatal care, no checkups, anything. She gives birth. Keeps that from everyone too. And then buries her brand new infant without telling anybody. Did this in the dark, in the middle of the night, by herself. I couldn't keep secrets from anybody as a teenager. I can't even keep secrets now. Ask me one question and I go off on a rant telling my whole life story to anybody who listens. Like, I'm an overshare. Okay, she, the doctors told her when she was eight months pregnant that she was, in fact, eight months pregnant. So, I'm not sure, did she not know she was pregnant the whole time? Because you wouldn't be having a period or anything. So, she's, she wasn't on birth control. So... She's got to know that something's up. So she just hid that entire thing from everybody. Gave birth. Hid that from everybody. Like, just how could... I don't understand it. But, I mean, so the fact that this chick had a whole-ass baby is just so mind-blowing. The whole initial questioning lasted about 45 minutes before they took a break and let her parents come into the room to see her. And they actually have... They released the footage of when her parents came into the interrogation room and they're hugging her and she's crying and, you know, probably, who cares what she was saying, honestly. So they let her parents come into the room after the cops filled them in on what was going on. Skylar said she was sorry. <laughs> yeah, again, Skylar doesn't really, I mean, sorry doesn't really cut it, sweetie. I think my mom would have slapped the shit out of me right then as soon as she walked in the room, just bap, right in the mouth. Well, she said she's sorry and that the baby's name was Annabelle and her father was that super brief boyfriend she had right before her current one, Brandon, the one that we, we don't know his, his name. While they were still at the police station, investigators were searching the Richardson's property for the remains of baby Annabelle. More than five hours passed and then they were all allowed to return home. Six days later, though... The lieutenant calls Skylar back in with news from the coroner's office. A forensic anthropologist 
reported that there was evidence that the bones of the baby may have been burned. Skylar denied that she killed her baby a total of 17 times in this interview, but it, it just seems to me like she's a bullshitter and I still don't believe her. Just saying that 17 told I didn't kill her, I didn't kill her. I don't know. I can't say because I've, obviously I've never been in that situation. I've never killed anybody. But Detective Brandy Carter tried a different approach with Skylar to see if maybe she'd open up a little bit more female to female talk like, hey, I sympathize with you. Let me know what the fuck you did. She was using, you know, understanding and compassion. She suggested to Skylar that maybe she had tried to cremate Annabelle as a way to be able to keep her close, keep a piece of her daughter with her in the form of ashes. Brandy told Skylar to tell her everything she was thinking and did that night. Okay, so this is a quote of what Skylar said. She said, I had a lighter and I just, I tried to cremate the baby just a little. Just a little? Like, what? Skylar also admitted that maybe she had heard the baby make a little noise and she was actually alive after birth. Which is complete opposite of what she had already been saying. So an hour later, she was arrested on charges of reckless homicide on the theory that she had killed her baby by suffocation, but she made bail and was back at home, of course. Two weeks later, the case was presented to a grand jury who indicted Skylar on a whole new set of charges, which included aggravated murder, which carries a mandatory life sentence in prison in Ohio, involuntary manslaughter, child endangerment, and abuse of a corpse. So she was arrested again and spends a weekend in jail until her family can come up with the $50,000 bond, which they do that too, and she's free again, but this time she's put on house arrest and is fitted with that beautiful piece of jewelry and ankle bracelet. So this becomes a social media shitstorm. Everyone and their opinions raining down on the family. Um, the news vans camped out in front of their house, you know, causing disturbances and being nuisances. Like, well, that's what the fuck happens when your daughter is a murderer, so just get over it. But Kim and Scott Richardson intended to prove her daughter's innocence, despite everything Skylar had already said and confessed to. They, along with her defense attorneys, are just claiming she was coerced into giving a false confession. The defense had also filed a motion to get the trial moved to a different county since everyone knew about it and already had their opinions that she was guilty, but the motion was denied. In July of 2019, prosecutors offered Skylar a plea bargain saying that if she just pleads guilty to all the other charges, they would take the aggravated murder off of the table, which was the life sentence. But she said no because she wasn't going to, she wasn't, she was, she was going to fight at trial because she says she didn't do anything and all the other charges were still going to give her maybe 15 years in prison and she didn't want, she, she didn't want to do any time in prison because she said she didn't do shit wrong. Nothing wrong is what she thinks. She did nothing wrong. Everything was a-okay. Perfect. Right before the trial started, though, Dr. Elizabeth Murray, who was the forensic anthropologist that examined Annabelle's remains, 
retracted her statement that the bones were burned. In fact, there was no sign of incineration whatsoever. And every other doctor that had been involved says the same thing, that there was no fire, no no indication that any type of burning of the body or the bones was even there at all. It's just kind of weird. Like she, she said that at first, you know, she, she was dead when she was born and that she buried her in the backyard. And then she said that she was actually alive. She was maybe alive and then she was dead and then she tried to cremate her, but you know, none of that, it's just not being proven anywhere at all. The trial starts September 3rd, 2019. Skylar is 20 now, I think. She weighs like 90 pounds and just seems to be wasting away, which I get it. You're on trial for murder, but she, I don't even know why that was even brought up because she had this eating disorder. So I'm pretty sure that's just what she looks like all the time anyways. The prosecutors opened with a text from Skylar to her mother just hours after she'd murdered her daughter. And it says, I'm literally speechless with how happy I am. My belly is back. OMG. And I'm never, ever, ever letting it get like this again. You're about to see me looking freaking better than ever before. OMG. And then there was a selfie of her at the gym that same afternoon. And a text she had sent before prom said, I'm just in freak out mode. I want to look amazing again more than anything. I hate being like this so much. So they're trying to basically prove that Skylar didn't really have an illness. It was just a case of extreme vanity. She had no intentions to ever keep that baby or be a mom. It can't really be proven whether Annabelle was born alive or not, but they can just go off of what Skylar has already said. And one of those things she said was that she saw her baby's arm move. She heard a gurgle, heard a cry, and then she might have just held her baby a little too tight. Skylar's attorneys just keep insisting that her confession was a false one and that she was scared. The police broke her down while she was vulnerable. She just told them what they wanted to hear. Like, sounds similar to Brendan Dassey, right? Maybe that's where they're pulling this from, except that he was a few years younger and had some mental issues. And there's no way after listening and watching Brendan's, you know, confession that you could believe the shit that he was saying. There was no way any of that was true. This, however, it just seems way different, just way different. Dr. Susan Brown, who um, is the one who originally performed the autopsy, testifies that she cannot determine whether the baby was, if it was a live birth or not. And she doesn't say though, I mean, no, she did say that there was no significant trauma or burning done to the baby. Obstetrician Dr. John White believes the baby must have been stillborn based on what info Skylar gave him on Annabelle's appearance. She said that the baby was whitish in color and, you know, newborns are usually that purpley shade, but her, her baby didn't have that color. It was more whitish. And since Skylar had only gained 15 pounds during her pregnancy and she was already underweight on top of that, her eating disorder could have restricted um, development of the baby, increasing the risk for intrauterine demise or neonatal death, which those are just 
big words. I don't even know why I put them in there. Just increases the risk of complications in birth and pregnancy. Obviously, you don't eat. You're not giving enough nutrients to your baby. So that's why he's saying that the baby very well could have been, it could have been a stillborn. It could have been born stillborn. But again, this was all speculation based off of the information that Skylar gave the police. And she was kept giving out, you know, contradictive information. And none of it was actual facts. Witness after witness testified that they couldn't say for sure whether a murder had actually taken place or not. Because basically, there were no cold, hard facts. And she didn't testify herself during the trial. Didn't say a word. She didn't add anything else. She didn't try to correct anybody. Nothing. One week into the trial, it was time for the closing statements. The prosecutor, Julie Kraft, states that Skylar's daughter was unwanted by her mother. She had a seemingly perfect life, a small town cheerleader obsessed with keeping up appearances and would do anything to maintain that life, which was why she got rid of her baby daughter. The defense's closing was just basically, again, that Skylar was innocent unless guilt could be proven beyond a reasonable doubt which it couldn't be. So, yuck. I mean, four hours is what it takes the jury to make their decision. So, September 12th, 2019, Brooke Skyler Richardson is found not guilty on all charges except for gross abuse of a corpse since she buried her baby in her parents' backyard. That felony carries up to a year in prison in a $2,500 fine and she is to be held in jail until her sentencing. So now is when she speaks. She tells the judge that she's sorry over and over and that she understands she can be selfish. Bitch, you understand you can be selfish. Killing your daughter, your newborn baby. I don't think that's being selfish. No, you know, and if she didn't kill her, and she just buried her. How is that selfish? Selfish to who? Selfish to you because you didn't want to deal with... What? There's just... I hate her. Okay, so she can be selfish. She thinks she's better now. That she has the knowledge that what she did hurt and upset people. Like, whatever that means. You hurt and upset people. You hurt and upset your daughter. You should be upset yourself. Who gives a fuck about everybody else? The judge responds with that if she had made different decisions, that Annabelle would still be here today. It makes it sound like that the judge thinks she's a murderer, doesn't it? But to me, it kind of did. But, I mean, the jury's already made their decision, so the judge says that her choices show a grotesque disregard for life. But then, get this, sentences her to three years probation, and seven days in the county jail. But she gets credited with time served and doesn't actually spend another day in jail. No more jail for this bitch. Fucking eye roll emoji. Times 17. The remains of Annabelle, who would be three years old today, were given to the family for a proper burial which seems a little absurd that they would even get that privilege. But again, I guess her parents, it wasn't her, her parents didn't do it, but her parents didn't pay enough attention to her to notice that she was pregnant. But you can really, like I said, there are pictures online you can see, and she does look like she gains a little bit. To me, it looks like she is pregnant, but that could be just because 
I mean, I already know that she was pregnant, so I can see it. But her, she really didn't get that big. Her belly wasn't really, it basically looked the same. Right before she gave birth is like the same as her being pregnant at three months. It's just really no belly there at all. Kim and Scott Richardson placed an angel ornament under the tree in the backyard where Annabelle was originally buried. So now the trial's over. She's free as a fucking bird. Skylar enters a rehab slash treatment facility for her eating disorder. She started taking classes at the local community college, but that's a far cry from what her original plan was, which was to attend the University of Cincinnati to study psychology. I hope she's still studying psychology at her community college because she needs to understand herself. She needs some help. She has to work part-time in her attorney's office for money because she's been turned away from 40 different jobs. So the only place she can get a job is for the people that were being paid to defend her. Your attorneys get paid to defend you whether you actually did anything or not. And those are the only people willing to accept her. Nobody even wants shit to do with her. So, I mean, you get what you get. That's your fault. That, I mean, you know, that's what you get for being a murderer, for being piece of shit number six. Sucks to be you. How how do you how do you think your dead baby feels? Or the father of that baby or his family? You took that baby away from the other side of his family. I mean, I guess I don't really know. Did she kill him? Did she not kill him? Her, the baby. Nobody I think she did. Everybody's trying to cover it. So just like fuck you. There's a um, 48 hours episode on this case if you want to see, if you want to watch it, it's pretty interesting. So there's the pictures and the interviews and videos and all that type of things. I'm out. Bye. So I lied. I'm not out. After going back and listening to that episode, I might have changed my mind. I'm not very convincing on the fact that I think she actually murdered her daughter. I'm not sure like I have no idea either way I don't feel like the punishment was enough for whatever she did but then I also want to touch back on the fact that her parents say that they had no idea she was pregnant or gave birth so I was thinking that whenever she actually did give birth in the middle of the night in the bathroom where did all of that after birth go so she cleaned up all of that by herself there should have been blood everywhere I don't know I mean I watched my sister-in-law give birth to one of my nephews and while it's also a beautiful thing it is fucking disgusting like placenta blood goo the um, umbilical cord, just all kinds of nasty stuff. So what did she do with that? Did she take it straight out to the trash outside? Did she put it in her trash? Like her parents must have, they're either oblivious and stupid or they knew the whole time. So that's just what I keep coming back to. I don't, again, did she do it? Did she not do it? I have no idea. I'm gonna try to not let it keep me up because it doesn't really affect me. It just pisses me off, so I'm out for real now. Bye!